Well, welcome to First Wednesday. Why don't you go ahead and grab your seats? Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and share a bit of a message and just show some love and appreciation real quick to the uh, worship team. You know, these guys spend hours before we get, uh, get to these services, and our, our, they're going to help us in, in just a little bit with it. But just some housekeeping stuff. Um, a couple of quick announcements for the, uh, for the students. The Restore Retreat that's coming up, it's, the deadline is actually in two weeks. So if, you have, if you've got middle school, high school kids, um, make sure that you stop in the lobby. You'll see um, a bunch of leaders with the movement shirts on. So I just want to challenge you to get, get your spot reserved. It's going to be a great time. God's going to do some powerful things. And then this weekend, we have something that we're doing. It's a big invite Sunday. And so it's called Football Sunday. So obviously, before the big game, before the Super Bowl, we as a church just want to create a big invite day here at the church. And so right here at Bailey Bridge, uh, before the services, half hour before the services, we're going to be having Krispy Kreme donuts and coffee available, so make sure you come early. And we just want to create a relational environment for, uh, for people to come and bring their neighbors, coworkers, friends. And then obviously you already know that in our services we're going to present Jesus, we're going to present the gospel, we're going to celebrate that name that's above every other name at Mosley. So at Bailey Bridge you're going to come early, at Mosley you're going to stay late because they're going to have a pizza party and some drinks non-alcoholic beverages at Mosley, and so it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. So I think that's all the, all the housekeeping stuff that I've got. I just want to say what's up to those people that are watching live online right now, and why don't you go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Joshua, Joshua chapter 4. We are going to have the verses on the screen, but like I was preaching a few weeks ago, I really want us to engage the scripture. So if you've got a Bible app or if you've got a Bible with you, I want us to open up our Bibles and just highlight, take notes as the Lord leads you. If he, if he inspires you with something, it'll be worthwhile. There's a picture I wanted to put up on the screen, and, and this, was, uh, this message was birthed probably last summer, and this was kind of the starting point. Last summer, our family had the opportunity to go up to New York, and uh, there was a wedding that we were attending, and after the wedding. It was the next day. Uh, we had thought it would be a great idea to bring our kids to the grave site of Lindsay's grandparents. And so this actually was a picture of the kids uh, coming up on the grave site uh, on the tombstone of, the parent, of our grandparents, Lindsay's grandparents. And we were just kind of explaining to them, we've always articulated to them and told them stories about how much of an impact, how much of a, uh, a blessing our grandparents have been to us. And so we began sharing stories. And so the message was birthed there. And then God began to bring a little bit more clarity of what it is that I'm sharing tonight uh, through the 21-day fast. And so there's this message that kind of came together called uh, Milestones, Smooth Stones, and Tombstones. And so as we just kind of open up the Word of God today, um, I'm going to go through some scripture. And what we're going to do is we're going to after we go through some scripture and share some simple, practical things that I want to put in your, some tools that I want to put in your hands, uh, I'm going to invite the worship team back and we're going to just spend some time in prayer. But uh, let's go to Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 24. And I'll be reading out of the NIV. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, which nation? Israel. When they finished crossing the Jordan River, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. And tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing. The priests were carrying something called the Ark of the Covenant. That was just the presence of God. So he told them to take those stones from that particular place and to carry them over with you and put them, to the, put them at the place where you will stay tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, 
go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. Now pay attention to this. In the future, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan, the Jordan River, was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Jump down to verse, we're going to keep rolling on verse 8. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over to, the, to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. Jump down to verse 14. That day the Lord, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as, he had stood, as they had stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord had said to Joshua, command the priest to carrying, carrying the Ark of the covenant, covenant Law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And the priest came up out of the river, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. On the tenth day of the first month, when the, people, uh, when the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho, and, jo- and Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken up out of the Jordan, he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your, de- your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done in the Red Sea. When, when they had crossed the Red Sea, they were coming out of something. When they crossed the Jordan River, they were coming into something. He did this so all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And, that, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Let me read that last verse once again. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so you might always fear the Lord your God. Let me just pray real quick. Father, I just want to pray right now that our hearts would be settled before you. You're a God that is worthy, and I believe that your word is powerful. I do thank you for the anointing, and I pray that the words that are spoken today would only be under the influence of your spirit. God, I thank you for every heart that it's here, and it's not by chance, Lord, that you've mobilized us to be here on this first Wednesday. God, I just pray that your words would hit the mark, and as we respond to you today, let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this message that I've got for you is milestones, smooth stones, and tombstones. I'm going to cover three things. The milestones, they represent, this is what I want you to know as it relates to this particular point. God says that there is a past worth remembering. There is a past worth remembering. And I'm not talking about your sin. I'm not talking about your shame. I'm not talking about your regret. I'm not talking about your mistakes. God says that there is a past worth remembering. Whenever God did something, he did something great. 
And as I think about those things, we think about what God did with the Israelites in the Jordan River. God has done some great things in our lives. When you and I as students, when we look back on, on our lives and what it is that God has done, you could look back to a previous retreat. You could look back to a Wednesday night. You could look back to a moment where something happened and you know God did something. In our moment of loneliness, in our moment of depression, in our moment where our marriage was just completely in shambles, in that moment where you were so dependent on God and nothing else, God did something so significant. There's milestones and mile markers in our lives that we have to constantly remember. So what I want you to know today, there is a past that God says is worth remembering. So what I want you to do is I want you to place the stone. I want you to mark the moment, and I want you to revisit it often. There are things that have happened in my life and in your life that we not that we forget, but it's when we go through those dark moments. It's when we go through those difficult times. It's when we hit those hard moments in life that we need to remind ourselves because there will be times, and I'll just be transparent with you, there will be times on this spiritual journey when I'm walking and it's just a difficult circumstance in a difficult moment and I'm trying to read the Bible and although the word of God is sharper and living and active than a double-edged sword, there are times where I read the Bible and it just feels like a textbook. There are times when I pray and it feels like it's falling on deaf ears. There are times when I come into an auditorium like this and I see all that's happening and it feels as if everyone else has experienced something and God has passed me by. It's in those moments that we need to remind ourselves that God has done something in our past. He has brought about a healing in your life. He has brought about a victory. He has brought about a solution. He brought about an open door when the door seemed absolutely closed. There is a past that it is worth remembering. So I want you to place the stone. I want you to mark the moment, and I want you to revisit it often. So what does that look like? I'm not telling you to go home and find some rocks and set it up in your front yard. I'm not telling you to do that at your school or at your workplace or at your cubicle. But there are things that we need to do, and I wanted to just share about some of the things that I do. Over the years, I've just journaled some things that God has done. I've written down in books. This represents one of the books that I've used over the years where I just, I just simply remember the things that God has shown me. I remember the things that the Lord has promised me. I remember the things that the Lord revealed to me in those desperate times. This particular book, this is from 2001. I was putting away Christmas just this past December, and I was in the attic, and I just stumbled across this particular journal. And so there are things that happen in your life, in my life, that you know that no matter what, no, no person and no thing can take what it is that God did in you because that experience and that moment is personal to you. And so what had happened was as I began journaling, it's a little bit different in 2016, I'll use my phone. And what it's important is that we mark the moment where God does something significant. We begin to document or just record in some way, shape, or form. And so for me right now, I'll pull up my note app or whatever it is that I'm using, I'll snap a picture. If I'm in the car and I just over, I'm overwhelmed with the presence of God, I'll snap a picture of the sunset. I'll snap a picture of the moment. I'll snap a picture of something that I'm reading or the people that I'm with. I'll mark the moment so that I'll, and I'll make a note of it. This is what God did on this particular situation. What I wanted to do is I just wanted to read to you something out of my journal in 2001. This was the first time that I returned back to India, not as a tourist and not flanked with moms mom and dad and sisters and and cousins and uncles and aunts this was the first time that i returned back to india this was 
was a monumental milestone, mile marker moment in my life, and it was in 2001. I don't even know if it'll mean anything to you, but I'm just going to read what it is that I wrote. I said, and this was within a few hours of me landing in India, uh, in Bombay. I'm at a loss for words driving back to the pastor's place. It doesn't get any more poorer than this. It makes me sad to see all these people sleeping on the side of the road. The smell, the condition, God needs to intervene here. I can't change living conditions for these people. But if I can point them to peace, Jesus Christ, Lord, I need your help. I'm sleeping in a room the size of my mom and dad's walk-in closet. Without question, I have to crucify my flesh and live in the spirit. Thoughts have crossed my mind. What am I doing here? And other thoughts like, I want to go home. Time for him to take over. I'm going to read and pray. And that's all I wrote in that. And that was a milestone, mile marker moment in my life. And I'm bawling my eyes out right now telling you this. But I'm like, when I show this to you, there, there's actually smudges in, in, in the ink. And there's actually tears that have been just encapsulated for the last 15 years on this page. Because it was in those moments that God did something great. There are times that are in your life that you have got to remember. And I'm asking you tonight, students, I'm asking you tonight, jog your memory right now. Remember those times where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God did something significant. I want you to know that there is a past that is worth remembering. Even this week, Pastor Stan in our staff meeting, we were sharing about, he was just, he was just I believe that, I don't even know if it's prophetically speaking, but he began to speak into our lives. There are times where he casts vision. There are times that he gives us direction. There's times where he's praying for us. But as I was sitting in the moment, Pastor Stan began speaking into the lives of two people on our team. And I grabbed my phone real quick and I started recording what it was that he was saying because I believe that that was a mile marker, milestone moment in the lives of those individuals that heard what it is that the lead pastor was telling. He was casting vision and dream and he was speaking into their lives. And so I recorded it and those guys don't know it. He doesn't know it. And after it was done, I just sent it to those guys. I remember when I was in India and we sat in a, in a devotional time early, early in the morning. And what God had done was I had remember hearing people sing in their native language, in the Hindi language. And I remember the first time that we heard that them singing that song, I knew that my team didn't know, even know what was going on. They were trying to process that something was in a different language. And I began recording it. When we got back on the ground in the U.S., I, I forwarded to the entire team. And I guarantee you, when they heard that song and they remembered that moment, they were brought to tears and they said, look what the Lord did. Are you guys with me so far? He did this so all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful on your life so that you might always fear the Lord. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. That's the, that's the milestone. The second thing is the smooth stones. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 50. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 50. Beginning at verse 32. This is the David and Goliath account. David said to Saul, Let no one lose a heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul, King Saul, he replied, You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. 
You're only a, you're, you are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. King Saul is telling, he's on his team. He's, he's on his side. He's just looking out for him. There are moments, in, even in your life, where the people that are on your team are asking you not to go through with what it is that God has called you to do. He's been a warrior from his youth. But, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Verse 38, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around, but he wasn't used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put it in the pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was, he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with the sword and the spear and javelin, but I come against you with the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I'll give you the carcasses of this Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And those, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For, it is the, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you, all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly to the, to the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine, and he killed him. As it relates to the smooth stones tonight, what do I want you to know? God says that your life and his promises, they are worth fighting for. God says that your life and his promises, they are worth fighting for. And so tonight, what we're going to do as we enter into a time of worship and prayer, is I want you to name your Goliath. I want you to pick up a stone, and I want you to take your victory Enough is enough with the havoc that's going on in your marriage. Enough is enough with the havoc that's going on in your career. Enough is enough with the havoc that's going on in school, with the depression and the anxiety and the fear and the regret and the remorse. Enough is enough. Tonight, we, we name our Goliath, we take a stand, we pick up the stone, and we take our victory. Fight for what's been given to you. That cross, he is no longer on the cross. That tomb, it is empty. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's given us a victory, and we have a responsibility to walk in that victory and the very things that God has made for us. The giant continues to taunt you, but tonight we slay the giant. 
Name your Goliath. Think about it right now. Name your Goliath. If it's PTSD, name it. If it's diabetes, if it's issues with breathing or issues of insecurity, maybe you're gripped with fear or stress or uncertainty of how things are going to pan out. Maybe people have trampled all over your life, your emotions and your peace of mind. Maybe you've been down and out, sidelined and exhausted. Maybe your life is in ruins right now. God has a different plan. God has a different purpose. And I want to see those things revealed in your life. You have been given the victory. You've been given the power and you've been given the tools. Listen, if the stone in this case, as we're about to go into, is the word of God, then prayer is the slingshot. And the moment that we load the stone into the slingshot, the moment that we load the word of God into prayer and you launch that stone, watch what happens. How can I say something like this? Because I'm supposed to be a suicide statistic. But I had a praying mother and father that was willing to pray no matter what and to declare that depression would be free from me. So today, what is, your, what is the enemy taunting you with? What is it that people that are even in your own life saying, hey, this is too much to handle. Go ahead. Go ahead with the divorce. Go ahead with the, the, the business dealings or whatever. Do whatever you've got to do. God is saying he's got a better way. And I'm saying let's do that. Tonight he's going to replace your depression with everlasting joy. He's going to replace the doctor's report with that of the great physician that says by his stripes we are healed. He's going to replace your PTSD with an unexplainable peace that passes all understandings. Now I'm spitting all over myself with all these peas that I'm seeing. He's replacing the raging enemy that has come over your life with, with an enemy that's going to even live at peace with you. I don't know what's going to happen with your enemies, but the word of God says even our enemies are going to live at peace with us. Listen, when it comes to praying for sicknesses and disease, and we're going to do that tonight, just in December, just a story for myself. In December, our daughter had woke up one morning, and there was an issue with her hip. Our daughter is tougher than our two boys. She is, uh, she is one of the toughest girls that I've ever known. And so for her to tell us, I can't walk right now, it's not something that we take lightly. And so she woke up and she said, I can't walk right now. And so we're looking at her trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And so we took her to urgent med and they had diagnosed something that had to do with um, a toxic something that I don't even know. So then a few days pass, and she's still not walking well. And so I, I'm not looking for sympathy from anybody. I'm not even looking for empathy. When I have an issue that's going on in my life, I want to call on a brother and sister in the faith that's willing to take the stone and fire it at the enemy. And so when, the, when that began to happen, there was x-rays done, and there were blood reports done. And both the x-rays and the blood reports, no broken bones and no issues in it. The moment that people started praying... People that are in this room right now, she was completely healed. There is a God that we serve. There is something in your life that is worth fighting for. And I'm telling you today, today we launched those stones. The last thing is this. You guys are still with me, right? Milestones, smooth stones, and tombstones. Tombstones. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back. Let's turn to this last passage of scripture. Mark chapter 16 and verse 8. I told you we're going to read some scripture tonight. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, I think that's how you say it, bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. 
Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Listen, milestones, smooth stones, and tombstones. Here's what I want you to know as it relates to the tombstones. God says that there is a life worth living for, and it goes through the cross of Jesus Christ. There is a life worth living for. I don't know what you're chasing today. I don't know if it's friends. I don't know if it's fortune. I don't know what you're chasing, but there is a life worth living for, an abundant life worth living for, and it goes through the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. I'm sorry, tonight. I'm thinking Sunday. (laughs) But I want you to think about it. I started with the first part of the message with that picture where my kids were standing in front of the tombstone. What do you want your tombstone to say? I really don't know what I want mine to say. I have no clue. But I know this. When I was going down, we were traveling down the mountain and on this last trip to India, and I don't know why I got so many India story trips. I mean, India trip stories. But we were coming down the mountain this one last time. We were heading to the airport to come home. And I was talking with the local pastor, and there was some of the team in the car with me. The other car doesn't even know about this situation. But as we were going down the mountain, he began explaining some things. He was just talking and sharing and and just kind of talking about what God was going to do in the coming days and months in his life. And it was in that moment that I was overwhelmed with the presence of God. The presence of God had filled that car that I can do nothing but weep. And I don't know what was going on in the back seat, and all I could hear was tears of people just sobbing behind me. And I was just overcome by the presence of God. And I asked them weeks later, what did God show you in that moment? I wouldn't tell them what I, I felt the Lord show me. But I asked them, and they began to share things. But tonight, I'll tell you what he showed me. I want you to decide what your tombstone will say. Friend, I want you to live a life that honors the empty tomb. And what he said to me, what the presence of God did, when the presence of God showed up, anywhere in the Bible, people were wrecked. They were ruined. They couldn't stand. They couldn't talk. They couldn't do anything when the presence of God showed up. And I experienced it that day. And I'll never forget it. It's a milestone in my life. And he told me, fear me and serve me only. To what extent will you give every waking and sleeping moment to the Lord? It's worth it. It's going to hurt. We're going to get persecuted for it. But I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that honors the empty tomb. As we pray today, 
milestones there are things worth remembering. God says there are things worth remembering. I'm not talking about your regret and your shame. Smooth stones, there are things worth fighting for. Tombstones, there's a life worth living that honors the empty tomb. Our worship team is going to help us a little bit. And listen, Pastor Eric and the team, I want you guys to just be free. Just be free. Tonight, I'm going to ask... Miss Beverly, I'm going to ask you to come up. David Allen Huffman, I'm going to ask you to come up. Dave Hawes, I'm going to ask you to come up. Pastor John and Sharon Ward, if you're here, I'm going to ask you to come up. Marianne Weeks, I'm going to ask you to come up and just stand right here and just face the crowd. This is what we're going to do. I'm done. Message done. We're going to go into a time of worship and prayer. If you want to sit, if you want to stand, if you want to come to the altar, just come right here, guys, and stand in front. Stand right here. These guys, most of them don't have a clue what I'm about to do with them. And so they're looking at me, and I might need some backup after the service. These guys and girls, ladies, they have experienced and they have seen God do some things in their life. It's not over for them. I believe that they're about to step in the greatest season of their lives. But there is, there is a season and there is a generation. And maybe I'm talking to the young people. Maybe I'm talking to anybody that's here. You remember God has done some things. But I'm believing that this will be the greatest season of what God wants to accomplish in your lives. God has done some things in these guys. I can tell you, and the reason why I know that, in over the years that I've been here, I've sat with them for hours, and I've shut my mouth, and I've listened to what God has done. He has accomplished some things, and he's not done yet. He's not done yet. And so here's my call for this particular thing. I'm going to invite those of you that want to be prayed for. You want in this generation God to do something in your life. You might be the only one that responds to this. I'm asking you to be bold. I'm asking you to have courage. What's going to happen is I'm going to ask you to come forward. And then I'm going to release the, prayer, uh, the worship team to just lead us. And I'm going to release this group of folks to pray a prayer of blessing over you. We're not praying for sickness right now. We're not praying for disease. We're not praying for your marriage. We're praying right now that God accomplishes the greatest moment of your life in the here and now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, I just pray right now as people are coming forward, those that want to see a milestone and a mile marker, those that want to cross the Jordan River and come, Lord, into what it is that you have promised for them, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus, God, would you steady our knees? Would you fix our eyes on you? Would you accomplish what only you can do? And, Lord, would you get the glory? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.